Welcome to the Confidence Mastery Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, David. Hi. Hello. I'm so, so excited for our conversation today. We may not have known each other for a very long time, but I do feel like you have a very interesting voice, which is why I wanted you to come on and share what your life is about, because that's what the podcasting is all about is is sharing like this isn't about me it's not about you or what is about you this is definitely about you (laughs) (laughs) but it's about the listeners and people who subscribe and they download and they listen every week like we're all around the world and I just find it absolutely fascinating to talk to people from so many different aspects and different areas of life and that's what I absolutely love about the podcast is being able to have interesting, really interesting conversations with people such as yourself. So thank you for joining us today. That's fine. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunities. Thank you. So would you please and um, just give people a little bit of insight into who you are um so that we can then move the move the conversation on because I I know this conversation is going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So my name's David and I'm based in Huntington in the UK. I'm an entrepreneur who has cystic fibrosis and I am approaching 40, which when I was born in in 1983 was, you know, just unthinkable. Life expectancy was two. So, you know, I I joke I've got more life experience than an awful lot of people on the planet because I'm nearing the end of my 20th life rather than uh, just midway through the first one. Yeah. That's that's phenomenal when you think about it. What when oh, I suppose when you think about it, when you were when you really think about that, you should not be alive. Pretty much. What does that make you think about life? I've thought many things about this over the years, and a lot of it is reflected by what mood I'm in, what, you know, what, what place my mindset is in at any one point. Um, most of the time these days, I'm obviously very grateful for everything that I've been able to achieve in terms of both a being alive, but B actually having a quality of life and the, the, the just everything that the med, you know, medical advances since the sort of the, the early to mid eighties have allowed, um, you know, one of the reasons that I'm in the position that I'm in is very much, I got born at the right time. Um, you know, when, when I was born, the, um, so one of the problems with cystic fibrosis is we can't digest our food. We have to take tablets to digest our food, artificial enzymes. And prior to, uh, a, about 82, 83 in the States and 83, 84 here, the the enzymes that were available were very hit and miss. Um, we often lived on, uh, you know, a near enough fat-free, carb-free diet. Uh, it was like keto on steroids minus the fat. It was crazy. Um, you know, if you didn't like kale, you were in real trouble. Oh, no. But the- no one likes <laughs> kale. Come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not a huge fan, but I, I, I know it's got some benefits, um, m- mostly the ability to be thrown very long distances. Um, but um, yeah, so Creon, which is the the enzyme that I take uh, and, and has been the most successful in the last 40-ish years, uh, came out in the UK in late 83, early 84, and I got it on a named patient-only basis at some point in early 84. And basically what that did was it allowed most people with CF to, to actually start to get nutritional benefit from their food. Um, so anyone who was sort of five or under at about that point actually stood a chance of being able to hit that that thrive marker um that that you sort of you get labeled with mm-hmm. um and then in 89 the cf gene the gene that's actually responsible for for cf was discovered and everyone was really really hopeful that by sort of 2000 or so we we'd have something that if it didn't cure cf it, it went a long way to alleviating the symptoms now that did come true but it wasn't until much much closer to sort of 2009 2010 um and even then it was a tiny subset of the cf population uh fast forward to sort of 2020 and a drug that um that was a variation of the the first ones that started coming out in sort of 09 10 um actually enabled 90-ish percent of the cf population worldwide to uh be at least eligible for this drug um and you know subject to licensing and and agreements with various public health bodies i think certainly the majority of the western world has now got access to it um including recently new zealand and it that that's just been life-changing revolutionary for for so many people with cf you know we've gone from in my own case uh you know i was i was borderline needing the transplant list in 2020 um in part thanks to the covid but you know mm-hmm. um it was it was one of those things that that i was borderline needing the transplant list if this hadn't worked they were saying you know within 6 months you're going to be on the transplant list hopefully it won't be um you know too late for for you um but uh, thankfully it worked um and i shot mm-hmm. from Sorry to Sorry. interrupt you just a little bit there. Um, do you think that your mindset's played a little part of a, a little bit of a part of that in terms of you not needing as much help? I use air quotes mm. a, a, a little bit there because when you think of life expectancy and you basically, like we just said, you you technically shouldn't be alive. Mm. We have all of these drugs that are available and you've been given these treatments and these options, which is phenomenal and fantastic. But do you think your mindset has made a bigger difference in you being able to continue? I I use the word continue, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, Yes, in a word. Um, I've gone through lots of periods of, of... borderline depressive uh to to actually depressive um you know as 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 with a lot of people with things like cf there's there's you know been suicidal ideation at times um thankfully not for many many years for me um but you know the these these things do happen and i have to admit in late 2016 early 2017 when i really started working on my mindset uh because basically i burnt out didn't want to do what i'd done before and equally didn't want to sort of go down the the 
illness part Mm -hmm. again in terms of I wasn't ready to succumb to everything I wanted to be able to work I wanted to be able to to use what I'd got because I'd fought damn hard for it um you know so I started working on my mindset then and I think it's not been easy but it's been easier to maintain my health with a with a, a something akin to use it or lose it um, you know, even, even when my lung function was terrible, you know, I, I, I plowed on, I went to do sort of 5k walks most days. Um, you know, it might be, they took 90 minutes instead of the sort of the 40 to 45, I can do them in at my healthiest, but I still did them. You know, it, I, the number of times the hospital sort of looked at me when I went in and was, was clearly in need of intravenous antibiotics. And I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, I, I, I've just walked from the car park or, you know, it might've taken me 20 minutes to do it, but you know, I, I, just, did it. I just get on with it. Um, you know, I, I, I shaped the world around me in terms of, I made sure I'd got enough time that I could do it at my pace. So I wasn't you losing it, you know, there was a period where I had to use a chair for a while because my, my lung function was too bad, et cetera. I was wheeling myself around. I didn't care. Um, you know, the only time I had someone push me was if it was uphill and it was going to be blooming difficult to do on your own. Anything you know? uphill, though, is terrible for anybody. <laughs> well, there, there is this. Um, thankfully, I live near the fens and there, there aren't too many hills. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, so it was it was very much a, a case of, you know, no, I'm doing this. You know, you might have to wait you, for me you, or might have you, to wait, leave early. Yeah. So, but what do you make, what do you think made you think, fuck this, I'm not allowing this to rule my life. I am going to rule my life. Um, I think I've always had that kind of attitude. Um, it, it, as I said, as I said before, you know, it sort of ebbed and waned over the years and it's, something in 2016 i can't realistically put my finger on one thing but lots of little things that happened made me realize that i needed to do this otherwise it was going to be sort of heading towards the end um you know i was i was considering stepping down from full-time work and and sort of working part-time i was a a contractor um at the time um you know i'd just taken a a one-year fixed-term contract um which for various reasons hadn't worked out that was supposed to have been going perm um i'm glad it didn't in, in the way that things have turned out but you know i was looking at well can i continue to do all of this et cetera and something just said to me no david you're better than this you you know you've you've fought damn hard for you know 27 years or so sorry um, 37 years or so keep going mm. um so i did um you know i started i started to work out more i started to eat better um i wasn't my diet was always very good for someone with cystic fibrosis which basically means it was a terrible diet um <laughs> even, even, even 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 the most unhealthy person who who sort of ate 20,000 calories a day of, of basically dominoes and you know anybody who eats 20,000 calories a day needs fucking help well yeah i, I was on 6,000 and i really struggled to do that um, and that was just to maintain my weight. I needed a bit more it, yeah. than that to actually gain weight. Your metabolism uh, is. It was. It, no, it, it, no, it was actually oh, more. Like, so it, 
basically I got about 70% of the nutrition from my food, even with my digestive enzymes. And the lower your lung function, the more calories you burn just going normally. And it's a cumulative effect. So, you know, if I needed 130% when my lung function was in the 90s, by the time it had got to sort of the, the 50s, I needed almost sort of 300%. It, it was basically the 2000 calories to, to maintain and, and sort of gain a bit of weight. It just snowballed up to, you know, 6,000-ish calories. And most days I managed somewhere around 5,000 thanks to a combination of really unhealthy food and, um, you know, dietary supplements um, that that exist for people who who can't, uh, you know, can't digest their food. I I was lucky enough never to need a permanent feeding tube or anything like that, but an awful lot of people with CF do have them. Um, But it was was mostly because I could stomach the supplements in a way that most people can't. You're always Um, like, like, proper out of the mold for one of a better phrase in terms of you know you you have this I wanted to I want to use the right phrase here you have this diagnosis you have mm-hmm. this thing that is um, wrong with you your body yeah, yeah. the way the way it's supposed to work uh, the way our bodies as human beings are supposed to work and you've broken beyond that and created a different kind of life than most normal people would have done in your situation yeah and and i've been lucky enough to be able to to lead a a fairly normal again air quotes life um as someone with cystic fibrosis i've been very very lucky that the thing that seems to get most people is not necessarily the low lung function it's not necessarily their inability to eat properly it's not necessarily lower oxygen saturation it's a combination of the lot and through sheer stubbornness you know th- thanks to the scottish side of my family um, <laughs> uh, you know, yes um th- thanks to sort of sheer stubbornness i was able to um you know sort of eat enough um and and luck of the draw with good oxygen saturation at all times that actually i was able to have two parts of the triangle okay they were never great but it was okay um and i managed to keep myself healthy enough through adherence to the various treatments etc that when these drugs did come along uh you know the first version that i went on on a, a compassionate use or or named patient only use before it was licensed here in the UK that stabilized me. I went from seven sets of intravenous antibiotics um, in a year from the the sort of the the year before I started it in July, 2017 to by the time I went on the new drug that I'm now on in September, no, October, 2020, sorry, it was end of September. I finished the, the hospitalization uh, was the end of a hospital ad- admission. Um, I'd not even had seven sets. I'd had six. So basically I'd gone from seven sets in a year to in a just over three year period, having had seven sets total, uh, six sets total. Sorry. Um, incredible. Dave. Yeah. And, and since going on that drug, I've not had a single set of IVs. So I'm now two years and three ish months uh, without intravenous antibiotics, which I think is the longest I've been since, well, between five and 12, I didn't have any. 
So, you know, the longest since uh, since 12. Wow. That's phenomenal. When you think about technology and creation of these mm. things that help all human beings be better and what's available, there's a lot that I'm very, very sceptical about. Like, if you listen to some other interviews that I've done like I am very skeptical about life and drugs and vaccines and stuff however from what you're saying and what I see in what is created and the good it can do and the good that Mm. it does do it bothers me that we have such a bad relationship with big pharma yeah and if you think about like what you're what you're saying there with your life, it wouldn't be possible without Big Pharma. No, I mean the the so the company that make the the drug that I'm on, I believe it was around ten billion in development spent. And That's you know, th- there's there's it? a reason it's it's three hundred and fifteen thousand US dollars. For a it, year's course per person. That's They've got to make that back in 20 years. Yeah, that's absolutely phenomenal. So what are like people like you that aren't in business? How are you? How do you survive? Um, it's very, very difficult. I mean, obviously, within the UK, we're lucky enough to have the NHS and that covers pretty much all our health needs. Um, you know, it's thankfully it's only really sort of dental and and um eye care that that isn't covered anymore properly or or to the same extent mm-hmm. um but in 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 countries where they don't have an nhs or, or you know a public health system like in america it's it's almost impossible i mean they they do a a lot of the big pharmaceutical companies that that have what's known as an orphan drug there's a very small percentage of the population that that are eligible for it or or you know need it they often do a if you're on less than let's say a hundred thousand us dollars uh a year we will cover a vast percentage of the cost if you don't have health insurance that'll do it for you um you know and that that's a hugely costly program as well um but yeah i i think a lot of people with CF don't work full time. Um, right. I I don't actually know the current stats, but the last ones I saw, which was sort of 2015, 2016, it was about 60% of the CF population didn't work full time. And I don't know of the percentage that did, how many didn't want to work full time or would be much, much better to not work full time, but they had no choice because they were a single mum or they you know they were a single man on their own and let's face it you know if you're a single man on your own and you're booted out of of home for not paying your rent you ain't getting any help it's disgusting Um, that's that's a whole other subject isn't it that's that's that is a whole other subject and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh sort of go go too deeply into that because i want to keep things positive but the the situation is not great in terms of you know if you if you can't work fully um you know you you end up in a sort of a, a spin of a lot of negativity because let's face it you're stuck with daytime tv which doesn't do you any good whatsoever Fucking terrible um you know i mean and, and with all the will in the world you know when i've been 
when I've been in the position of of needing to rest and and recuperate or whatever, and I've watched more homes under the hammer or or insert other reality TV oh, no. show here, um, you know, Jeremy Kyle or, or whatever, um, it gets depressing. You know, I don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for reality TV. I mean, there, there are some shows that like the ones that teach you a skill or, or show skills off like MasterChef. I appreciate. I do enjoy those. I like a good cooking program. Yeah. But, you know, or, or, or sort of dancing on ice strictly where someone is actually the learning a, a useful skill. Those I have plenty of time for. You're made in Chelsea's. The only way is Essex, which basically seem to exist to make overpaid prima donnas even more overpaid and prima donna like i love that um you know watch me for for being famous just i'm famous for being famous yeah yeah you know or or, you know it's 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 worse than watching a premier league football match (laughs) ball's going near me oh no i might break a nail var has ruined the game it has ruined the game you can't celebrate a goal because you don't know if it's gone in or not yeah, as, 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 as someone as someone said the other day in, you know, uh, um, over the over Argentina getting through and sort of whether that was a penalty or not. He said, VAR would mean hand of God wasn't <laughs> and maybe England and maybe England and Argentina would still be friends. Well, I don't know about that, but same with England, Germany. And yep. actually, obviously, we lost to France, but VAR there didn't go in our favour, did it? No. I mean, you could go back as far as 66 and Jeff Hurst's was it, wasn't it? You know, VAR, change change, uh, change things. All right, it would have been a 3-2 victory, not a 4-2, but... I think, like, it, it is what it is. But I think we also, from things like football, we learn a lot from the way in which we come together as a community. And that's what I love about football. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I'm 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 less of a football fan. I'm much more of a cricket fan. But it's the, the camaraderie is still there. Yeah. Um. You know that there is something that only Test cricket fans can understand about sitting and watching a match for five days and it ending a draw. Um. <laughs> and the tension of will will we will we win will we gain the draw or are we going to lose this or are we going to you know snatch a victory at the last minute. You know, especially when it's a, a big, you know, a big test match like the Ashes or, uh, you know, sort of watching sort of one of one of the, the big three play each other. It's sport gives the community spirit that I think actually the the, the chronically health, the, the chronically ill community kind of has as well, whether we can meet or not, because one of the problems with cystic fibrosis is we're not allowed to meet each other in person mm. uh, because of the risk of cross infection. There's lots of of places on the internet where we'll congregate and yeah. make very inappropriate, very dark jokes about things that only we would understand. Um, it's like it's okay for you to say that, but it's not okay for me to say that. that well, I personally don't mind, but you know, it, it's there. There are there are a few sort of snowflakes that, that yeah. do turn around and say, "You can't say that. Why not? Well, why not? Why not? I was actually right. Like, yesterday, I was having a conversation with a friend. Um, he's Colombian mm-hmm. and he could not comprehend that racism exists against white people in the same way that racism exists towards black people. 
And we were, like, we were having this conversation. We said, yes, I completely agree with you. Slavery was abhorrent. It should never have happened. It was wrong. There, mm-hmm. is, there is inherent fucking racism that way. However, I've been called a white bitch. How can you say to me that that's not racist? It's, that is racist. it's racist against white people. It happens both ways. It doesn't, it's not that it doesn't matter that what history had, what history did, and the way that our ancestors behaved. I didn't do that. You didn't do that. But that doesn't mean that it, racism doesn't exist the other way around. It's a very tricky balancing act, isn't it? I mean, there, there was a, I was actually having a, a similar conversation um, earlier today on Facebook, actually. Um, so it was the Entrepreneurs Business Academy um, Awards on Monday. Yes. And one of the Scottish um, members of, of the, the group wore his kilt. And did you did you see the post um, and, and was, was asked, almost a Are bigotry you, you know what 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 have you got on underneath and you, see, you you wouldn't ask a woman that so why are you asking a man tradition no. i commented on that and i said tradition it is well known through tradition that men do not wear underwear with kilts so you cannot be offended by being asked if you're wearing underwear with a kilt on tradition no, but it was. It, right, if you ask, if you ask a woman wearing a dress, yeah, absolutely, no, no, it's inappropriate. Oh, oh yeah, so I mean, I'd, 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 I'd say, I'd say, if you know, if you know the person, tradition. If you don't, if you walked up to one of the one of the tourist guys that that walked around Edinburgh playing, playing the bagpipes or whatever, um, and they were a complete stranger. I would say that's probably not particularly appropriate, it's whether appropriate it's traditional or not. When you don't know the person, of course not. But, but yeah, some, then... someone like someone like 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 uh, well, his, his name's Gordon, but you know, someone someone like that that you you know. But then, where do I you personally the choose not to ask, but, but I can see why line? people do. Where then? The first thing, right? So, where do you draw the line? Like, what's inappropriate and what isn't? Why can we ask one question and, and not another to any person? I'm sure you probably have this yourself, in, give, given your medical status, for whatever want of a better phrase. Um, do you not think sometimes, oh, hold on a minute, I'm just a human being? Where, I... where, where do you draw the line at being inappropriate or appropriate? I've been lucky enough that because I have the the fairly typical, fairly dark sense of humor that a lot of people with chronic illness seem to develop, um, I've not I've not minded it so much. Um, I mean, I do get asked things that you wouldn't necessarily ask, um, you know, someone that you don't know. Um, I've been told to stop coughing in various places, um, it, it, particularly particularly pre twenty twenty um less less so now but well less so now but that's because i've stopped coughing thanks to the (laughs) thanks to the meds that i've been on um i'm still i'm still not used to it um it's amazing how long it takes to sort of wipe out 35 36 years of uh, not coughing of coughing rather um but 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been asked inappropriate things. Um, like what's some, the sometimes... most inappropriate thing you've been asked? Um, well, it's, it's it's normally not necessarily a question. That the, the most inappropriate one is you ought to give up smoking. Um, yes. when I'm hacking Every, away. No, no human. I, I mean, don't don't get me anyway. wrong. I, I that's another conversation, though. <laughs> that's that's another conversation. But that that's the most common one. Um, I. <laughs> At school, I was asked why am I not dead quite a few times. Um, now, now I can look back at it and say, well, that's just teenage boys. Um, yeah. You know, school, well, school kids are evil. Let's face it. it you it know, can um, be evil, yeah. But I, th I think more recently, the questions have been more around my own choices on personal appearance rather than anything specific to do with with cystic fibrosis um and that okay tell us more about that because obviously this podcast is confidence mastery it's about being your best self and and, and, and that that's one of the reasons i've made the choices that i have um you know i feel a lot more a lot more me uh, thank, thanks to sort of the, the, the tattoos I've got that, you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily show particularly well on the video, but you know, I've got, I've got quite, you know, 30 millimeter stretch lobes, you know, my, my hairstyle is sort of, well, it's, it, it isn't a Mohican in terms of it's not thin That's enough, but it's almost sort of mulleted Mohican again, you know? yeah. shaved sides. My hair is down to just past my shoulders, um, et cetera. And there was a part of me that had a, screw it you know almost a screw it i'm dead anyway kind of right. attitude but there was, there was a part of me that was also actually this is me i don't mind this you know i'm not necessarily the kind of person that would automatically choose to stand out i don't mind doing it and the more i've done it the more i've actually found out i've enjoyed it i mean um i can't remember if i said to you when we we, we first met um at, at that dinner with um rob moore in, in october but one of the, th the things that i found i was actually quite good at was being an almost rob moore like character so for those who, who don't know who rob moore is he's a larger than life quite outspoken or very outspoken um individual who who really doesn't give a monkeys about what anyone thinks in in a in a public you know public perception um you you want to go you want to go for him he'll, he'll he'll take it and give back as good as he gets oh he you does know. do you know what that's why me and him have fallen out a few times because i will but i i will tell him but I like that. I like the banter. I like no, the, the fact that we're able to have a decent conversation. But if you think about the way that your life has gone from, I don't know, maybe 10 years to now. So mm. being in, in that Rob Moore group, for example, so obviously we wouldn't, we wouldn't have met without that. No, and that's what I love about Rob and the community and bringing people together. Mm. What's something that has made you just go, like you were just saying, like you've got this hair and the, the tattoos and like I'm the same. I've got uh, something like 17 piercings, loads of tattoos. I know what my next tattoo will be. I have red hair and that is me and my brand and who I am. Mm. What gives you the confidence to go, fuck it, this is this is me. I've got this illness that uh, but I'm not going to let it control me or dictate my life. And then go therefore further. There's a large part of me that 
what's the word? I mean, I, I, I said it slightly flippantly a few minutes ago, you know, screw it, I'm dead anyway. Um, the, you know, I took that from a place of almost resignation to actually something that's quite empowering. Um, I don't know exactly how that happened. It's something I'm I'm working on with sort of meditation and 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 timeline work, etc., with my therapist. But it did, and I'm very glad that it did. Um, but yeah, I, I just again, it was sort of sometime sort of during 2016 when I burnt out. I think maybe I just hit a maybe not literal rock bottom, but a a, a mental capacity rock bottom um and i sort of i realized that there must be more than than this where i was working away but for, don't get me wrong a decent salary but what wasn't you, outstanding what, what were you doing then what was your job compared to i was, I was well co contracting but i was a web developer um and you know I, I still i still have that web development business um i'm in the process of of stopping doing development myself and, and managing myself out of that so i can do a lot more work with people with chronic health difficulties both in terms of consulting and and helping them with their mindset but also sort of business coaching mentoring etc for people with chronic health difficulties and and how to start their business how to research it for for those who don't have the health to go into entrepreneurship because let's face it you do need a certain amount of resilience you do need a certain amount of health you know i want to help them gain the confidence that they can go for that job even if it's only part-time or go for that promotion at work because let's face it if you've got an employee who's going to potentially spend three four five months of the year quite sick they're not necessarily going to progress within that job very far. You know, I'm, there is nothing wrong with doing whatever you want to do. If all you want to do is sit and watch TV, technically, there's nothing wrong with that. But personally, I'd prefer everyone achieved something with their life. Um, oh, and make a difference. Have, have, you know, have some yeah. form of, well, life progression, because let's face it, if you're unable to work, it's not really career progression. But um you know and and also help people realize things like um i can't remember exactly when it was but sometime during the last year uh molly may on stephen bartlett's diary of a ceo podcast you know mentioned the whole 24 hours in a day thing and and how that, that you know oh, everyone has that, 24 that, hours well that 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 didn't go down too well but i take the view that she's You're right, right. There are only 24 hours and it's how you use it. The counteraction that a lot of people with chronic health difficulties give is, yeah, but I've got six hours of treatment to do, which is, so as it happens, how much I had to do. I just had it into sort of two, three hour lots rather than one mm. six hour. Some people had sort of four or five hour and a half lots. It varied, but six hours was a fairly typical amount for someone with CF or quite advanced CF in terms of, you know, life stage and so on. And I said, well, yeah, you've got that. And yeah, technically, you could see that as taking you down to 18 hours and you need eight to 10 hours to sleep because obviously we're ill, we need to sleep more, etc. But that doesn't leave you four hours, you know, for, for, for doing what, what you need to do. You know, it doesn't leave you with, 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 you know, 10 hours, whatever. You still have the six hours you're doing your treatment. Because what are you doing while you're doing your wow, treatment? You're watching fucking Love Island. <laughs> 
I applied for Love Island. They didn't want me. <laughs> um, but but you know what I mean, though. It's, it's do with that time. So it's the same, I suppose, with uh, cancer patients and chemotherapy. Yeah, I'm not saying that you can dialysis, you know, you've got the time sat in the chair. I'm not saying that you can do something productive all of that time. You can't. All of the time, no, of course. But actually, if if you took one hour of that, you know, even as two half hour um, stints, because, you you know, you're doing you're doing two, three hour stints or whatever, or it's chemo and you actually tend to sleep or you feel too sick to do anything while it's going on. Yeah, fine. Watch stuff that, that helps you relax, helps take your mind off things during that time. But while you're, while you're at the point that you can do something more productive, why not read a book or, you know, on, on self-development? You know, why not read thinking, drink and grow rich or any of the myriad of, of personal development books out there? Heck, even a biography of someone who has survived cancer, you know, if, if that's what you're going through or survived dialysis, survived cystic fibrosis for as long as they have. Mm -hmm. Um, Why not watch, heck, even a David Attenborough documentary that's, you know, that that takes your mind off pretty much anything because who doesn't like seeing penguins run across the screen (laughs) and stealing each other's rocks or whatever it was that the the, the penguins do to to annoy each other? Penguins are amazing, aren't they? (laughs) Um, You're you're right. It's, It's the time that you have in those places where you're able to use your brain to its fullest capacity at that time. And exactly. I think that as human beings, as a normal, I don't even want to use it. No one's fucking normal. Well, um, as, as I can't, I can't remember what a surname was, but for many years, the the pre Jeremy Kyle person who did did a show along similar lines was someone called Trisha. Can't remember what a surname was. Trisha, oh my god, Trisha. Um, um, oh, Jerry Springer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Trisha always said, you know, normally it's just a cycle on the washing machine. What's normal? Um, I mean, my washing machine doesn't have a normal cycle. It's synthetic. Well, no, but it's it's. I know what you mean. It it's a perfect analogy in terms of actually what is normal because you know for it me normal, normal for me normal is is having cystic fibrosis. I couldn't imagine, particularly sort of three ish years ago, what it was like to not cough. What it was like to you know, only need eight hours of sleep, what it was like to not feel so shattered at the end of the day that, you know, you kind of crawled into bed at seven o'clock. I find that very, very interesting because I am what you would class as a normal, healthy human being. Mm. I work out, I work, but my sleep is shot. It's fucking terrible. So I get to the morning and I'm as tired in the morning as when I go to bed. How do you, as you, mm. get through a day with what you have to deal with in comparison to, and I don't, I don't even want to use the word normal because as we just said, like a technically healthy person, where's the, where, wherein lies the difference? Like, how do you find the energy to get up and go? Um, I've kind of always done it. Um, one of the one of the best descriptions I ever heard of how do you find the energy is in is is in the sort of the if the building was on fire, you would find a way to get out. 
you would find the energy somehow or if you're you know if you're a parent and your child was was clearly genuinely hurt or genuinely needed to get to the hospital and it wasn't sort of i just want mcdonald's um you'd find a way to do it you know that 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 reserve or whatever whatever the the reaction that adrenaline gives you to give you that surge of energy that you need is i've just always been able to tap into it i've maybe not the boost it's given me has maybe not been as much as it might be for, say, someone like yourself or whatever. It, it, but it, I've always been able to go and just get enough or just enough done, even when I'm operating on 40, 50 percent. Um, you know, I, I can't remember other than three times in my life where I've not got out of bed for a few days. And two of those, I had double pneumonia. And one of those was suspected COVID. Um, we never, we never, we never found out because by the time I got into the by the time I got into hospital, I was three weeks ill, and we think I had it. You know, it, it left. You know, resolved itself um, as viruses tend to do, and I caught something else, and that's what hospitalised me rather than than COVID. Um, that's but- interesting. That's, that's actually very interesting that you say that about COVID. Mm. I'm very outspoken about the whole agenda and the COVID lines and everything. So would you say, I suppose maybe to move the, the question around a little bit, would you say that had a different impact on you or? Um, how I felt about it in March well january february 2020 because we all locked down long before it was compulsory because interesting though i was in london mm. and i was due to fly back to majorca the day that they declared the national emergency in spain i knew mm. nothing about it absolutely nothing because i just lived my life and did my business um so three hours before my flight back to majorca I decided to stay in England because mm. I thought, well, do I spend two weeks in my house in, in Mallorca or do I stay in England and go work on my holiday let business, which got fucked because of COVID. Mm. And absolutely nothing about Nothing. And then it just made life, I like, I can't even put into words today how I feel about what's happened so when i think about me being a again if you're listening to a podcast perfectly healthy normal human being Mm. that kind of health emergency to me is kind of irrelevant because i know i'm a healthy person so how did that impact your life given your situation and what you do with with your business? And well, there, there's 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 an interesting in a polite fucking way. No, no, yeah, of course, of course. There's an interesting sort of almost two halves story to this. Not yeah. not and not as not as long elongated time frame as as reality for everyone in terms of how long lockdowns went on for, etc. Yeah. So we were advised to stay home early March. Um, most of us had already sort of kept out of the way because this was this was a chest thing. This was giving you know giving comparatively healthy people real problems. We were scared. 
um you know and we were brought up listen to the doctors do everything that they say we were brought up with a lot of negative mindset stuff in terms of you know you're not necessarily going to live long not don't enjoy your life but you know enjoy it within these limits you're not necessarily going to be able to work to 65 etc and figuratively we were told we were useless you know to all intents and purposes we were not going to be much use to society um so we, we often had quite negative sort of positions around things like that you know flu pandemics we'd steer clear of people etc and had covid been a, a, a more normal flu pandemic like akin to sort of what happened in 1917 with the spanish flu which yep. wasn't even spanish mm -hmm. um had it been more akin to to that the doctors genuinely reckon about 90 percent of people with things like cf would have died so there was every reason to be genuinely scared for your life what very quickly happened though was it was discovered that people with cf were catching it but were nowhere near as ill as they should be given what you would expect because of what was happening to healthy people quote unquote mm -hmm. um let alone people with with other chest problems mm -hmm. um and I think it may have been May, it might have been June 2020. They actually proved that the protein that COVID latched onto was the one that CF damaged. <laughs> so whilst we weren't immune to it, far from it, we never got the full impact of it. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, indeed, there were, well, for a while, weekly, but there were sort of monthly-ish stats released on people with cystic fibrosis who had died of, of COVID, uh, UK-wide, European-wide, etc. I mostly paid attention to the UK figures, but for the best part of a year, it was under three people had died. And they gave you the, the, the sort of the, the lowest and the highest range spread of, of lung function. Um, you don't know who died. You don't know, you know, unless you happened to know the person. And one week, 11% went on there. That's that for, for an average sized male. So five foot six, sort of one meter 70 or, or you know, so that would be less than a can of Coke in terms of air available to their lungs. Everyone thought, oh, that, th that, and it might have been one at the time, but that number will go up. And it didn't. It didn't for about, for about nine, 10 weeks afterwards. Now, I don't know if that person with 11% survived, but they survived long enough that they weren't part of the statistics, which means mm -hmm. they survived at least 28 days after they were deemed to have cleared COVID. Was it 28 or 60 at that point? That's the other thing, isn't it? It would. Well, yeah, I mean, get hit. You could have got hit by a bus. Oh, yeah, but but, but that ignore, ignore for a moment anything non. You know, run over yeah, by a bus yeah, no, or no, whatever. I, I understand what you're saying. It, it, it was outside of all of the statistics. You know, this person survived at least that long. Now, eleven percent. I'm sorry, a common cold could kill you. I, let alone, I let alone something, let alone something new. You know, yeah, it doesn't doesn't exactly. doesn't matter whether it was, you know, what 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 happened that got it out there. It was new. Yeah, 
I had my very first LinkedIn censorship yesterday. So every other platform I've been censored on, I've been cut because I will speak out. Um, and what I said in this this comment was actually on Rob Moore's post. Um, and what I said in the comment was the truth. And what I said was there have been more adverse reactions to this vaccine than any other in history. And they took it down and said, you're spreading disinformation. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. That is actual fact. Like you can you can look that up. That is actual fact. So when it comes to things like that and oh mate, my brain's going. My brain is just going. Mm. And when I said earlier about at the beginning at the beginning of this conversation, I have so much respect for drug companies, for what it's no, yeah, and the positive impact that it has had for people like yourself. Mm. But when it comes to COVID, as we've just moved on to, and you're shutting me down on a social media platform, where the fuck does the truth lie? So where is the good? At, at, at some point between both extremes, as always, um, I think for, for me, we're never going to know the truth. We can't because whatever whatever happened, however it developed, you know, ignore conspiracy theories for a second. It's developed. It exists. Whether it's man-made, whether it's because a bat mated with a pangolin who ate a you know, ate a fish at a market. Wherever it came from, it, it... However it got onto the planet, it got here. It killed a lot of people. It is, you know, I'm I'm not... I'm in awe that they found something that could help so quickly because, let's face it, that was developed very, very quickly. Very quickly. And that is a sign of potentially a lot of good for other things. Because let's face it, if they can develop it that quickly for that, there's hope for just about every illness out there. Which makes me the And that's the view I take with it all. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say things like my vaccination status, but I prefer to look at it from the perspective of what future good can that do? That could, yeah. what, what future good can we take from the negativity that we all had to live through. Yeah. Like, I, for example... I genuinely think, like, like we're saying, I genuinely feel like if you can create something that's supposed to have this amazing protection for people, then what more can be done? What more can we do as human beings, as manufacturers of health, drugs, whatever? When mm. you think about... When you think about this, right? So, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go down a little a little road here. When you think about things like drugs, like cocaine, mm -hmm. that is a natural drug. However, the way it's then created, of course, it isn't. 
and the damage that it does to an individual can be abhorrent. Everything that we do and everything that we put into our bodies comes naturally. So how do we decide what is right and what is wrong? True. Yeah, because let's face it, if alcohol was discovered today, it would be a class A drug. Yeah. If tobacco was discovered today, it would be a class A drug. But they make too much money from the tax. Look at, look at, but also look at the, I suppose it's technically still at research stage, but look at the research into things like psilocybin and all the, the, the hallucinogenics that actually seem to be DMT. DMT, able to open the mind mm -hmm. to new proportions and yet they're still illegal in an awful lot of countries you know i, I think there's only a few places that, that they're not illegal and that's usually for cultural reasons you know i'm thinking akin to um ayahuasca here for instance it's fascinating though isn't it um, like, you know ev everything everything other than other than sort of stuff that is purely created from chemicals and even those oh, are man. technically well and, <laughs> like Crystal you know well man. yeah um and you know even those are technically natural at some point because the chemicals naturally occurred because you um, create it exactly and every everything in life is natural it's beyond our capabilities as human beings but to go that's good and that's bad and the government tells you you can drink alcohol but you can't sniff cocaine the government tells you one drug is better than another so how do we as humans and especially i suppose i don't want to use the terminology people like you but you the drugs that you have to take to create mm. the life that you're living because you help a lot of people as well which is partly why i want wanted to have this conversation mm. with you on my podcast. The drugs that you take are technically okay. Mm -hmm. But if you see someone drinking wine at nine o'clock in the morning, that's not okay. True. Hmm. And that's still a drug. And they're all drugs. And that's where the the, the lines are blurred. Well, I mean, there's, there's. I just thrown it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it it it's an interesting point, and it's it's one I've been thinking more and more about of late because also I'm finding just through length of time, but also speaking to more and more people about about cf about the, the so the type of drug that, that i'm on is it's called a modulator um and you know about the, the sort of the modulators because we don't completely understand what this is actually doing to us in terms of we know the scientific theory it basically means the the protein that hasn't folded correctly that, that causes cf now artificially folds correctly let's 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 you know put it that way uh because yeah. it's it, I, I don't understand it well enough to to want to use the medical terms, but, you know, yeah. it, it folds correctly now. Well, my body had adapted to not having that protein properly. And I don't know how much natural folding in me the protein had or didn't have. You know, it could have been 
you know, if, if, if folded over was, was sort of zero degrees and completely open was 180, mine could have been at three, four degrees and therefore nearly as you would expect. Mine could have been at 179, 180 and not, you know, I wouldn't know. I know people who were a similar level of health to me in terms of fairly frequently on intravenous antibiotics, et cetera, had to take similar amounts of, of various enzymes, figuratively always ill at the same time, et cetera. So they, they you know, in, in as close to real terms as you can, they were about as healthy or about as ill as me. They have tremendous problems with the drugs from a, a mental health perspective. It's, you know, most of us now have sleep difficulties in terms of we can't necessarily sleep for more than about two hours at a time. Um, we'll do it two, three times in a night, but yeah, we will but, we yeah. properly wake up as opposed to stir, you know, when you can sort of just roll over and go back to sleep. Yeah, forget it. If I wake, I'm awake for a good hour or so. Um, I have you know. so many sleep issues. I have um, on this podcast, actually, my sleep coach. Uh, and there's just so many faucets to it. And someone said to me, actually, it was only two days ago, um, about like lucid lucid dreaming and i was like yeah i I've, I've cannot heard of comprehend that. why anybody would want that given mm. the way i sleep and what i go through when i sleep mm. no 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 just, just fucking no anyway back to you please yeah so i mean the but also there are people who who have like really serious problems um that like there's one person i know who has such strong hallucinations that you know they, they've they've seen things happen that that just that hasn't, aren't yeah. possible you know, did, you know um I've had, they, I, have, they, I have that i often do not know reality from my dream life like i will have to check my messages have i had that conversation with someone did this happen and that kind of level of consciousness or subconscious or whatever whatever it is i think us as human beings we need to delve deeper and explore where that comes from and why it happens like when we're asleep and these things that happen because it affects day-to-day -day life it affects Very much so. it affects my it affects my confidence i'm i'm here on a confidence mastery podcast and I sometimes don't know if I've had a conversation with someone or not. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I'm at the milder end of, of side effects, because let's face it, it's a side effect of, of these things. And even I notice the tireder I get, the more stressed I get, the worse my memory becomes. I, you know, there are times in the past year where if I haven't written it down, it hasn't happened. You know, I'm not quite at the point where I have to write, breathe in, breathe out on two bits of paper, you know, and, and constantly do that. Um, but, you know, I could it, see that could be in an extreme what, case. What, okay, so what tips would you give to people maybe in your situation or a similar situation to help them in their confidence in day-to-day -day life? Good sleep hygiene works irrespective of whether you're struggling to sleep or not um i personally find 
my memory is better. I, I, I gave up alcohol in August for, for a number of reasons, but I have actually found avoiding it completely. Things are better. Um, even, even when stressed, it, it, the stress response seems to kick in later. Um, As we said it. earlier, it's still a drug, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, you know, that, that helps fresh air, peace and quiet. You know, I mean, I've, 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 I've taken to listening to podcasts when I do my walk or listening to music, but sometimes I will just have nothing on and, you know, the, the, the AirPods sound, um, noise moment. cancellation at, yes. at full. And, yes. and just... Oh my God. Yes. I have that too. I've got my, 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 my little beats, they're red, obviously, and noise cancellation and I'm listening to nothing. Mm. And I mean, you... occasionally, occasionally I'll use white noise as well. Cause like if I'm walking along the side of a road, and I'm half hearing cars. Safety. It, 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 it disturbs me in terms of, you know, whereas if I've got if I've got sort of white noise on, I can still hear the cars, but it's it's a similar enough sound that it doesn't make me jump. <laughs> um but yeah, so so fresh air, um, exercise, eat eat cleanly. And that's not avoid things like your McDonald's or, or your Domino's or, or whatever you avoid choose to put in your mouth, but be sensible about the amount that you put in. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I'm a sugar junkie. I will eat as much sugar as I can quite happily. Um, you know, that that's what insulin was invented for. Um, but <laughs> much to my dietician and my diabetic nurse's disgust. Amazing. But what's, the, your, what's your favorite McDonald's meal? Um, I'm, I'm, I've, not, I've not eaten McDonald's for about ten years. So chicken, chicken nuggets and and milkshake that you can hold upside down and it not fall oh out. God, the cup. the McDonald's milkshake is the best milkshake in the world. Um, best milkshake. That, 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 that's that's yeah. Twenty chicken nuggets, one of them, and either a McFlurry or a hot apple pie, depending on the time of year. Oh, mate, now you're making me hungry. I'm on a three day fast. I can't eat anything. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I help a men's mental health group, um, on a Monday and I can't remember when the, the tradition started, but it was definitely within the last six months. Cause I'm blamed for starting it along with a couple of other people. Um, and, uh, it, it got, for some reason it got dubbed an emergency McDonald's. I can't remember why, but every Monday now we have an emergency McDonald's and it's not, it's not particularly great for the health, but. No. No, no. I take, I take, I take, the, I take the view that it's not, it's no. not what you put in your mouth once a week. It's what you do the rest of the time that is the right. <laughs> food wise. That's what I said last night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's yeah. I know, I know, it's not a particularly great habit that I've got, but. Do you know what, though? That is irrelevant. What matters is, are you happy? Exactly. And 99.9% .9 of the time I am. You are yeah. healthy enough and happy enough and living your life on your terms. Exactly. You know, as, 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 I've, as I've taken to saying, you know, I want to live the life I want to, not the life society tells me to. Exactly. And that's what life's about. So the... The, the goal setting session I had with my club today, mm. um, it went on. Obviously, it went on longer than was initially planned. 
It's like I like to talk. When do they not? <laughs> but the stuff that came out and people living life on their terms, we don't need to fold into society or what the government says or or anything else. It's about mm. making sure that you are healthy, wealthy, and happy. And that is what I live on. Like your confidence in yourself and the way you put yourself forward is what mm. life's about. And that's what you do. And that's why I wanted to talk to you and, and bring you on the podcast because you exude confidence. And 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 it's it's hard for for hard one. Um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily know exactly how I did it. Uh, believe me, if I did, I'd patent it and, and you know, not need to worry about cost of living crisis. Um, I may have chosen to not take part in, in any recession that's going on, but doesn't mean I don't have to work extra to uh, make up for that. Well, the... you know what, though? The, the government don't tell you to make how to make more money. They tell no. you to cut back. So this yeah. is what we are different. Oh no no! I mean, I mean, as 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 Jess and James often says, you know, entrepreneurs are rebels. We don't like being told what to do. No. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll forge our own path. I mean, in fact, I, I, you may you may have seen it. Um, I put on on LinkedIn and my Instagram and Facebook on Monday. I think it was. Uh, yeah, it must have been because uh, the snow was fresh. Uh, <laughs> a a a thing where uh, I was I was. So I was uh, out on my morning walk and came across a, a, a bit of the, the the path up by um, on, on my usual route. That it was pretty much virgin snow. Yeah, uh, you know, basically a bird a bird or two literally had, had walked across it, and that was it. And I'd also seen sort of at the, the the bottom end of the high street where I live, the usual you know tire tracks everywhere, footprints. You couldn't see see anything really but there was the obvious route of where the car tires had gone down and i thought actually that that's that's great because the virgin snow is almost the entrepreneur we're going to forge our own path we don't know where we're going we don't know what it'll lead you know it could lead us off a cliff it could lead us to a coffee shop it could you know lead us to, to millions or we could go the high street route the well-trodden path where actually it's just going to take us down the two tire tracks. You can know roughly where it's going to go. And that would be, you know, working till, well, at least 66, um, probably 70 by the time we get there. Oh, yeah. uh, if not older, a state pension that will barely cover a tin of beans now, let alone in, uh, you know, fucking in, in really, when you think about it, like we could like, really dig deep into that. It is fucking shocking. There is no the, 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 your pension is shit. You have to forge your own way. You have to go and make the path in the virgin snow, like you say, um, mm. and make these things happen for yourself. And no matter what your life circumstances are, mm. whatever life presents to you, you have to go and put those footprints out. And exactly. you are the embodiment of that. You're, I'm you, trying to be that, that. That's that's my hope. You know, if, if, if like you said yourself, you're not supposed to be alive. No, you know, I'm I'm very much. I'm of the opinion that if I can help one person, whether they've got cystic fibrosis or not, then that's an achievement, and that's a good enough achievement for today. And if I can help one person every day, that's 
365 a year yeah. in you know in 10 years that's that's 3650 and so on um you know i've got a long way i've got a long way to go to to touch everybody but Men- mentally, if not literally, I just saw the look on your face. <laughs> to, to 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 assist everyone, let's go with that one. Uh, before my mind gets dragged even further back into the gutter than normal. <laughs> um, you know, if I if I can if I can help everyone, brilliant. You know, but if I can just help one or two people each day, that's making enough of a difference for me. I love that, and that's that's why I do podcasts as well. If I have one person listen a day or there's tens of thousands of people it makes a difference to the person that's listening and that's why I like to have interesting conversations like this people like you um one because I enjoy it yeah (laughs) um but two because you never know what you're gonna learn from other people no that is true that's that's very true I mean you you I think you know some of the interviews that that you do you know you learn more than others um you know like like obviously you know you you you've you've had Gerald Ratner on several times i know him through uh you know the the entrepreneurs business academy where he'll often do sort of speeches and and whatnot with us and i maybe learn slightly less from that than i would someone who i'd never heard of because obviously i i well within yeah. the uk an awful lot of people know Gerald's story but actually the fascinating bit is post what he's known what for after. yeah it was what came after that is far more fascinating yeah. and i've learned oh. so much from that much much more than than be careful what you say uh, an investors meeting uh, but, i'm really 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 excited because i've got a new business venture with him coming in january oh excellent well i can't can't wait to read uh read more about that but the the people. You know, there, there's there's members that, that you've spoken to that I've learned a hell of a lot off just off the one episode and gone away and researched. And then there's there's people like Gerald who I know a little bit about and, you know, maybe don't learn quite so much from the episode of the podcast, but actually it there ties up a lot of what wrong. they've said elsewhere and suddenly it makes more sense. Yeah. And, you know, as, as you said, that's what I love about podcasts. It's one of the reasons I listen to more podcasts than I do most other things. Um, <laughs> most other things. Well, you don't uh, you know, I listen to I listen to quite a lot of music. You know, I do listen to quite a lot of music, but it's you know, I replace I, for a large part I replace the radio with podcasts and music. You know, yeah. and yeah. a lot of my time is spent listening to podcasts or music. You know, I don't don't watch so much TV these days. Certainly, don't read much of the news it's anymore. Fucking shit, anyway, isn't it? Like, although I do have a friend that was on Emmerdale recently, and I just said, "Don't watch Emmerdale." <laughs> um what tips would you give to people in their day-to-day lives if you could give people one top tip to be more confident in their day-to-day life what would it be i think for me the one thing that everyone can do is when they wake up say thank you for something because that starts your day off on a great foot and that thank you can just simply be you woke up because let's face it at least a thousand people didn't my dad said to me many years ago as long as i wake up i'm happy yeah and i've taken that throughout my life and i'm mm. grateful for every day that i'm alive 
No yeah, matter exactly. what and, and going on, and believe me, there's some fucking shit. Oh, yeah. you're absolutely right. Being grateful for being here, you know, what we can experience, what we can do. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, that, that, that's my biggest, my biggest thing for, for, you know, biggest tip is, to an extent, it's how I started. I didn't necessarily start by saying thank you when I woke up. I, I started by being grateful for something and, and making sure I achieved something, whether that was making the bed or if I was particularly bad, just rolling over unnecessarily. So I had achieved something that I needed to do that day. You know, I'd moved a little bit yeah. or, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd made the bed. I'd, you know, walk around the flat needlessly. Um, so I, I've achieved something. That's how I started. But actually, I found over time saying thank you and being grateful was was far more effective than just doing something you didn't need to do. And actually, it's a lot simpler because there are days when you don't have energy. And that shouldn't mean that the day was a write off or a failure. So by saying thank you, you kind of achieve both. I love that. I really, really, really love that. Gratitude and life, gratitude for anything in life actually makes a huge difference. I used to be so downtrodden and be like, why is this happening to me? Why is that happening? But actually, if we can look at this is happening for this purpose, it makes things better. So where exactly. can people find you and follow you? So I'm C for Thorny on most things. I'll make sure it's spelt properly in the podcast notes. Um, and, and before anyone asks, C for Thorny, a C for is someone with cystic fibrosis and Thorny was my nickname at school. It kind of stuck and it's usually available. The few times <laughs> it hasn't, it's been me and I've forgotten the password. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm 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 for Thorny. I mostly hang around on Instagram in terms of the socials. Um, I do have stuff on Facebook and uh, whatnot, but the majority of the time, it's it's on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I love feel, that feel free we to find. I love that we connect on socials and we talk on there. And I think for it's as responsible as... for many many negative things, but actually, it can be responsible for so much positivity as well. It's yeah. allowed. Communities like the CF community to be able to talk to each other. You know, when when they stopped us being able to see each other for, for fair reasons, you know, meet, meeting someone who could kill you is not necessarily the best of ideas. Um, you know, it was oh, yeah. 10 -ish years before Carol, we could. We could meet there, but I think social media is phenomenal for bringing people together, provided we use it in the right way. Exactly, exactly. And on that note, <laughs> I encourage everybody to go and find David on social media, follow him, speak to him, and have an amazing connection with you and their life. Um, and finding the right thing for you as a person, actually. And I think that's the thing I really wanted to bring to this mm. episode today. Um, so I want, really, really want to thank you very much for your time. I've really enjoyed thank this you. conversation. I hope you have too. Yes, no, it's been it's been brilliant. Thank you. Um, so, I'm actually went went, went, be went better than we thought it would. I think so. <laughs> and, and we thought it was going to be great. You know, it's... 
I'm sure that we could probably continue talking for many, many hours. But we, we'll, we'll have to do a part two at some point. We will do a part two. I just want to say thank you very much for listening. Make sure you download, subscribe, all of that jazz. And thank you very much.